Okay. Hey everybody, welcome to Kingdom 202, also called the School of Supernatural Prophetic Ministry. It's Wednesday. I'm Pastor Lauren Seasley of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. Our church is located at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard in San Jose, California. Our zip code is 95131. Our telephone number is 408-945-4439, and we're not there <laughs> tonight. We're actually in my living room for, I think, one of two more times, and then we're going to be moving back to Trade Zone Boulevard, so that's pretty important and good to know. And yes, there's a lot, of, if I'm glowing extra, it, it, I'm sweating like a cartoon character. That's the best I can, I can say. It's, it's roughly been over or close to 100 degrees here where we are and <coughs> the air conditioning is it's actually only 94 degrees now so it's cooled off uh, <laughs> I know 94 degrees yay mm. so it's cooled off a bit but not in the house and then we have the extra temperature increase of the light so just bear with it if you if you see water um, on my face just just understand that it's pretty hot in here but uh, we're going to move forward. I've got some things I want to talk about. And I know that my voice is pretty low. So I uh, apologize to those that uh, you shouldn't have to strain to hear me. We even put the big microphone close to me so that you should be able to hear without me having to try to yell. Because I wouldn't be yelling tonight. All right? So that's enough of that. Father, we praise you and we thank you. I thank you for the opportunity and the ability to see the things that you want us to, to see. I thank you for the ability to rest in your world. I thank you, Jesus, for teaching us to listen to the voice of the Spirit, to hear the words from heaven, to, to learn the ways of the Father so that we can flow as one with you. I thank you for the people that are listening tonight that will hear what it is that you have to say. <laughs> I'm laughing because it feels like it's raining on me or something. So <laughs> I hope it's not the fan blowing sweat. Um, I thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to be embraced by you and that you've given us an entire 66 books out of which we can we hear the voice of God and we're able to speak those words and they bring life into situations and scenarios. I thank you that tonight we have the opportunity to release many of your words, even one sentence from you, one word from turn nations and situations and scenarios. So tonight that's what we aim to do. To say what you want said and to fill up reservoirs that have gone dry or empty or low with the word of God. And I praise you for that direction. Thank you for blessing the ears of the hearers tonight and the hearts and minds of all of us to receive the engrafted word of God able to which is and does save our souls. Glory to God. We thank you for it. In the name of Jesus.
So uh, there's a couple of things as I, as I was praying. I have just really been aware that there are pockets of my life where I have not been putting the word. And so I feel that, you know, we've, we've dealt with a lot of spiritual attacks in the past week or so. I was uh, plagued with what seemed like an ear infection. And I don't get ear infections, so um, it was, it kind of caught me off guard. It's one of those things where I didn't have work for that because I didn't think of it as a possibility. See, I, I don't consider sicknesses or, and diseases of any kind to be something that I'm going to catch. And, um, and so this was something that I actually thought felt more like, like you came home and this little demon had followed you. It acted more like a parasite. It acts like a lot of things, energy being drained. And, and of course, there's always those things that want to try to make you fearful. Oh, this is happening to you, that. So I go to the source. You know, is it possible that you've contracted this? Is it possible this has happened? I go to the source. I go to the Holy Spirit. And I um, ask him, is that possible? Is that what happened to me? He says, no. He says, there are things that are trying to come against you and they want you to take it into your mind as being so. But you don't do that. You speak the word instead. And so that's what I do. And so I have not had any fear of what if it's this, what if it's that. It did cause me, however, I, I think I have three different topics I'm, I'm gonna kind of look at, okay? Um, but it, it did get me to thinking, and I mentioned, may have mentioned this last week, that sometimes people pretend to have faith for something that they actually don't have. They feel that they should have it. We feel that we should have it. And so we try to act as though we do, but you can't not act. Um, you can't pretend faith. You cannot act like you have faith and, and get the same results that you do when you have faith and your actions follow follow suit. You know, you can sit, claim something, but not be that. And that's lying to yourself where it's not doing the work. A confession <coughs> of faith is backed up by the Word of God. And then it's also backed up by the actions that, that, that are connected to what the Word of God says. I believe I'm making sense, but um, if you need clarification, please feel free to ask Crystal. But what I'm saying to you is that you can be in a group where we can all say, yes, we, we trust God and no, there will be no, no sickness or disease will come near us. And everybody says, yes, that's what we agree. And then something comes and immediately what we say is, I have this thing or this thing, you know, I have this, I have this kind of sickness, I have this. It, and, and, and that's really what they feel. So they, they have to get all their remedies and they've got to do this and they've got to do that. And, and they, because, because they said the right stuff, but they didn't actually believe what they said. And that's where the lack of faith comes from. The, the lack of faith in your own words, or rather in the words of God that you're speaking. And that lack, that, uh, that failure to, to seal the, to, to close the gap, 
that failure to put both sides of this thing together and um, um, and establish it as a as truth in, in all directions can cause us problems. It can cause you to be fearful when the symptoms come and to start thinking of which disease do your symptoms match so that you can then establish that that's the disease that you have or sickness that you have. What do your symptoms match? And you look at WebMD or whatever it is and go, oh, okay, this, 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 and this. So therefore, that must be what I have. And see, that's why we say sometimes your faith is not working because there's more faith in, in the description of the symptoms and the summation of it than it was in the fact that no evil will befall me no sickness or disease will come near my tent. And, and saying the things that God has said, which will establish the word of God in our lives more so. So here I've been attacked, I was attacked with all these, <coughs> excuse me, all these different kinds of symptoms. But I don't have anybody's disease. And on the mornings when you, you, you slept a lot and you wake up and you think, I, I don't, feel like saying I'm healed, but I will. I don't feel necessarily that good, but I'm still healed. I don't look that great, but I'm still healed. I woke up, I didn't even recognize my own face. It's like, I'm not quite sure what what's going on, but I know there's me, I'm in there somewhere. And I knew it was the expression of my eyes um, because they didn't because they're going through some interesting things of their own. Wait, wait for it soon. I'll have golden ones. You'll see. Anyway, um, so I realized that I will not try to impose my faith for certain things on other people. We're like-minded when we agree with what the Word of God has to say, and that's the only way that um, you know. That's the only way that we're able to to really uh, connect is that we say what the Spirit of the Lord said and we agree that what the Spirit of the Lord said is true. And we agree therefore because what he said is true that the circumstances that don't look like they align with it still must bow to the truth of what the Word of God has to say. And that's where we establish faith. We establish faith from the from words of faith and the words of faith come from the from the word of God because everything he says he believes and he also performs so prayerfully that kind of clears some things up but I was aware of as I said felt like parasite something that just started trying to uh, attach itself glom itself to uh, different parts of my life it was trying to affect my finances because um, my clients weren't going to get any attention from me I try to, to attach to my thinking processes, to the way that, that I do certain things, and you could just sense it, it was it's like the blob, uh, suffocating, moving in to try to take. And we said, this shall not be. So when our prayer team met on Monday, <coughs> excuse me, I asked them specifically, look into my house, look at me. What do you see around me? What do you see that might be trying to attach itself to me? Because if there's any kind of uh, uh, detraction from your life, 
something that, that is trying to steal, to kill or to destroy, a, a poverty type of thing moving in to try to eat away at what you have, you better look for evidence of the devil because he's there. He's there, and you gotta get him out. So a uh, couple of the different team members had been uh, hit with different types of things, and so we kind of went, we didn't finish everything, but I think uh, yet, but we started kind of going through, and it was like, let's deal with this. this, because we didn't try to rush it, that's why I say we didn't finish it, and we were on the call for about two hours. We didn't try to rush it, it was like, okay, let's find this, and let's pray this thing through. Let's see what the Spirit of the Lord is, is saying to us. Let's, uh, let's, let's look. See, if you pray with me, I'm gonna put you to work. Um, I am not the type of person that you can be on a prayer call with and you can just, uh, well, if it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's called that I'm leading, I put every person to work. And because I believe that we are to exercise these spiritual gifts, that these supernatural anointings and abilities that God has graced his church, his, his kingdom, citizens do it, that we as citizens are to exercise the kingdom rights and to look at what the word of God has to say and to release the power of the word of God and to use every resource that we have, which is the blood of Jesus, it is the name of Jesus, it is the, the word of God, it is all of those things. And what's more, it is, the, it, it, it is uh, by the spirit looking to see what, uh, what kind of things are are going on? What what's what's on your shoulder? What's what's you know? If there's an angel there, what is the angel there for? If you see a demonic thing, you describe. We see what it is. We can get it out. And so this is the kind of thing that we did the other night. And so one of our our members wasn't even on the call, but we were told about certain symptoms, and we were able to say, okay, based on the fact that it seemed that uh, there was a um, there were undercurrents of other things uh, that would have had to have been in, in effect even within the body, our, our own local church body. And so any place that there was evidence of or suspicion of a certain type of uh, wrong thinking, a certain type of, uh, people can be jealous of you and don't even know why, except that you have something that they think that they should belong to them or or they, they'll use their own words and put a curse on a whole group of people saying stupid stuff. And I, I mean, it's just stupid because it's, it's, it's connected to the devil. It's, it's lacking the understanding of who God is and how God operates. It's being ticked off at people because they don't act the way you want them to toward you. They don't jump when you snap. They don't answer your every phone call. They don't... Um, they don't respond to all your text messages or you're this or you're that. In other words, people just don't appreciate you as a leader, you as, a, as an individual, having something else to do. And so they'll say, they'll say things. They'll say things like, um, well, I guess you're just not taking my calls. How dare you? How dare you? Why not go to God? Well, I would, I, would, I would call Pastor Lindsay, but, you know, I know that, blah, blah, blah. You, you know nothing of the sort, okay? You know nothing of the sort. My brother just showed me a box of bone broth. Thank you, brother. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, 
they will um, say, uh, uh, people, people that, that are close to you that, that know better, but will still sometimes give a knuckle-headed comment or something. Um, well, you know, I guess this, just, this week you just don't have time for your friends. I have time to, to, to pop you one if you want, if you want to come close so I can, you know, I'll lay hands on you if that's what you need. But we're going to stop doing this. I've heard more than one person in our ministry do things of that sort. What you don't understand, maybe you understand and you're doing it on purpose because you want to be used to the devil. And if that's the case, then you're going to stop it. I hope I'm making myself very clear. What I'm saying is, is that we're going to cease and desist with all these little comments that are not funny, that we're saying, oh no, I was just kidding. No, you're not kidding. Because it's not funny. It's not a joke to curse a person, to accuse somebody of simply ignoring you, to accuse somebody of, 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 of whatever it is that you accuse them of, of being stingy, of, of not, not wanting to, to share things with you, not, not having a heart for you. In other words, you're saying that that, that God and his, through his people is not noticing you or, or uh, you know, something of that sort. And what I want you to understand, and you need to know this, is that when people don't call you, doesn't mean they don't pray for you. And when, when you feel frustrated, then you reach out to the Holy Spirit and ask him who to call. Because you call him first. Now I speak as when I guess you call me a senior leader, uh, uh, and, and, um, in the in the ministry. Okay, so uh, no, I don't call everybody. We have ministers that minister to the people. We have situations that other people, the ministers, will report and let it be known. This is what's mm -hmm. going on. This this is what's happening for somebody else. But you yourself are being watched over and you're being cared for. Or sometimes you're actually also being required to reach out to care for somebody else. But we're gonna stop cursing our ministry. We're gonna stop accusing people who, who you don't have the response you want. You're gonna stop accusing them of things that you're not even sure about. Because I, I will tell you this, the Holy Spirit never tells anybody, oh, they just can't stand you, that's why they don't call you. He doesn't tell you, oh, everybody in your church is against you. The devil will do that, but the Holy Spirit won't. The Holy Spirit never says to you, you can't trust those leaders in your church because they are this, that, or the other. The Holy Spirit doesn't say that, but the devil does. So let's make it clear. When you hear that type of stuff going on in your head, you are not hearing from God. Mm -hmm. and, and for whatever reason, I just perked up enough to let you know that. Okay, so that's not my message today. But after we have dealt with these jealousies and these curses and these unkind things that were just floating in the spirit, and, and the spirit of the Lord spoke to us through um, the Monday uh, morning prayer session, and he let us know that his own people will um, try to do church as usual and yet claim to be following God that that was not acceptable. And that that we as his people, we have to learn how to, um, to obey him, okay? We have to obey him.
He wants us to do things the way he says to do them so that he can do what he wants to do. Now, we've, we've heard this theme many times, but the thing is, is that we also have to, we have to believe and act accordingly. And that's what I was saying before about faith. You believe and you act accordingly. You don't try to act that way when you don't believe. We believe and act according to what God says. And God gets to, to be God in those, in those areas. And the reason I say it that way is because he really does give us the choice. And one of the things that he said to us was, I offered you salvation. I offered you a place in my kingdom. But you knew from the beginning that in my kingdom, there's only, I'm the king. And, and it goes according to what I've said. And so when we come in, and, he, and Jesus asked the question even when he was on the earth, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and yet not do the things that I tell you to do? I know why I'm saying what I say. I know why I'm telling you these things. And so what he's telling us is don't allow corrupt communication to come from your mouth. Don't allow the negative thoughts don't allow the bitterness of your soul to come forth and to communicate and to make you uh, to, to, to isolate you really from any kind of help because that bitterness is eking out of you in such a degree you are contaminating the atmosphere your own atmosphere and since you contaminate your own atmosphere everywhere you go uh, some of that stuff tries to seep out and when we have our guards up it doesn't get through. Um, some of it tries to follow you home, evidently, like like an ugly pet. And um, it, it's not a pet. It's not a house pet, not a puppy. None of those things. It's a little demon, and it needs to be destroyed. It's that simple. And so I release that over every household Thank you, of every individual that is connected to our, our ministry, uh, whether you're members of the Stanley Level Global Church Fellowship, uh, you're a part of more than enough ministries, you're in California or New York or wherever you happen to be across the globe. We release the healing powers of, of, the, of the word of God. We release the mercies of God. We release the blood, the power of the blood of Jesus and the voice, allowing the voice of the blood of Jesus to speak on your behalf. We dec declare you to be free from any type of curse that has been spoken against you or has been placed against you by association to the accusations that were against this ministry. We loose you from it. And any kind of accompanying sickness or disease, any kind of plague that has tried to come nigh and has thought that it found legal entrance into your body or into the bodies of anybody in your family, we rebuke, we disallow these spirits now in the name of Jesus. We disallow. And we strengthen the covering that comes by way of the unity of the faith in the body of Christ. You are the ones that we take communion with. We are one. And no one gets to get in and bring about destruction or havoc in your life, in your physical body, in your finances, or any other place. We come against it now in the name Thank of you. Jesus. And we release you from it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, next. Next of all, um, last week I had a few questions about marriage.
marriage. So we ended up talking a bit about marriage. And I thought to myself, did I say it? And I don't know that I really did, but I want to say this. When we were, people were asking questions about how would you know if you were to be married and so forth. Remember that marriage is a covenant. That's like the most important part of everything. It, it, it doesn't have to do with um, getting happy with somebody that looks the way you want them to. It's not even about being with somebody because they love you so much. It's a covenant. It is an exchange of tribes. It's a joining of tribes. It's a joining of strengths. It's a covering of weaknesses. It's an empowering of, of two different groups to be able to come together and to, you know, I'm talking groups of influence. You may be marrying someone who's political and you're artistic. You've just increased your territory. Mm -hmm. Or it may be education and the medical field or whatever it happens to be. But when those two, those two worlds that you come from um, or uh, aspects of society that you come from, when they come together, you've just increased your reach. You now have the reach into a territory that you didn't have before through the, through the, through the covenant. And they have the same, because what's yours is theirs, and what's um, theirs is yours. And so through this exchange, this, this enlarging of your tents, and of your territory, and of your vision, and of your sphere of influence, these are all part of um, a marriage covenant, the strength to strength. That, that the people have. And so you have a prayer partner, meaning that even your prayers, the unity that, that you're to have with the person that you're married to, um, that unity of faith, and someone that can look and watch over you in the spirit, this goes both ways, and see if there's something plaguing you. See if there's something that's trying to take over you physically somebody that has a, a, an ability to step back when a business deal is presented to you and they'll they'll have the anointing to to smell it out a trap or to know no this this is a thief or 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 yes it will be good because and they'll go get the wisdom of God for you not the wisdom of the world not the wisdom of man because the wisdom of man is rooted in the earthly, sensual, devilish ways. And that's not what you want, I would hope. When you're doing business, you want the word of the Lord. And so those are just some of the other aspects of it, which is why it's so much more than physical compatibility and similar likes. We both like to watch movies or do this, and, you know, the, the compatibility of the world, the world way of thinking concerning marriage is not the way of the covenant. It's not the same. And so think about that. Blood was shed. Um, obviously, in, the, in the, the reason that both were supposed to be virgins, was that the consummation of the marriage, the marriage bed, or their first time having sex together, was supposed to be, in those first marriages, the first time either one of them had ever had sex. And there was blood 
that was shed through the breaking of the hymen. And many in, in the medieval times, they would look for the proof of that, you see, to show that she was bleeding. He had to penetrate and there was blood so that therefore um, this covenant was pure and it was also complete. And so it was blood for uh, an exchanging, an exchange of blood. These were all aspects of a covenant that said, I've never cut this covenant with anyone else. I've never, um, I, I have not forged this marriage uh, thing, this marriage blessing has never been given to anyone else. And even later in, in 21st century, where, you know, here we are, and some of us, it's a second or an, an additional marriage, whatever number it happens to be, but for the first time, maybe, or maybe it's your second time and the spouse passed away, but you're, you're saying, I want to come into this oneness with this person that I'm marrying, I'm making a covenant. We're exchanging the communion cups. We're taking on the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's why they have communion at, at those uh, in, in, in weddings too. Um, so we're going to take this communion together and enter into this covenant as one. And here in this dispensation, this era, we are in now, which is, I believe, the last days. I do believe Jesus is coming soon. And so marriages that are put together now are for um, something, I think, that is so awesome. And, and, and again, don't over-religiousize it because it doesn't mean that you don't get to enjoy being with your spouse. It sure, I don't expect anything like that. It, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get to go walking on the, in the beach, on the beach, whatever kind of things, those movie montage things of romance. You know, it doesn't mean that you don't get to do all, any, any and all of that. But you're kingdom people. And I think that that means that you guys, that, that the couples have the superpowers that come only from the kingdom. They're not done by Marvel or DC or Hollywood, which means somebody says cut, and then your special effects people come in to, to do what they need to do to make you look like you totally got it together on camera. No, in the kingdom, the Holy Spirit is there. And you two, having become one, are supercharged. You see, because your spiritual gifts and their spiritual gifts are now able to float and work together. And you learn how to see things together in the spirit or pray in, in, in other tongues and interpret what's what. Or to lay, one lays hands and one has a word of knowledge and one has this. When you have a partner that you're supposed to practice growing your superhuman abilities, which again, don't come from a vaccine, don't come out of a laboratory, don't come out of another person's imagination, but it's the giftings that are given to you by the spirit of the living God. Things that you will find right here in this word. Ways that you're speaking that allow angels to fulfill responsibilities. And on and on it goes. And that's one that I think 21st century marriage, kingdom marriage, it's total thumbs up because it's got the elements of God. So how would you know if God wants you to be married? Are you willing to do what he called you to do? And are you willing to be with that spouse to do those things, to learn together, learn about, you know, and to always look to yourself first, 
to get rid of faults and not be a spigot that you stick into the other person and try to drain them of their vitality in order to meet your needs. Those are some of the ways that you'll know that you're ready to mate. Okay, do I have any questions? Those were two things I wanted to talk about. Um, let me just go ahead and say this too. While we, this ministry has been on a fast and we were specific, <coughs> excuse me, specific to prayer about certain things. And we, um, in our prayer times, we have, have been admonished not to pray by ourselves, but to always pray with a partner. And so what's happened is we've had wonderful times of prayer. Uh, different people uh, getting together on, on the different times, zones, and speaking the things that the, the Spirit of the Lord wanted us to say. And we have uh, five specific cities that we also pray about. And um, we're learning about our country. And we're learning about all kinds of ugly things that have been swept under rugs or simply accepted as well that's just a part of things and I, I noticed this push in society to try to destroy all historical um, monuments or anything that spoke of the times of uh, slave owners or um, or just all kinds of things as that have been evidence of the history of our of, of the United States of America. Well, I hope that they don't go to Birmingham, Alabama, and try to destroy the um, the museum that they have, where they have a, a replica of the cell where Dr. Martin Luther King was held. They have the book of the bus um, that was I think it was bombed. There's pictures of all kinds of stuff. It's a, down the street across from the, the church in, in Birmingham where the bombing took place and two little girls were, I think it was two, that were murdered in the basement area of the church. Um, there's a lot of sadness in, in areas of, of Birmingham that I noticed when I was there. But at the same time, the men, the ones that did it, were caught. Um, I was actually, when I went, I was at an FBI presentation and the agent that, um, through the help of, um, it was a woman, she was a black woman, that knew things, saw things, and she was the chief informant. And she worked very closely with the FBI and they brought down this man and his, uh, the, the, the folks that were guilty of this. But why would you tear down this stuff because something terrible happened? Do you want to pretend that slavery never existed in the United States of America? Because you see, you're not going to be able to do it since it goes on today. This is what human trafficking is. Whether it's importing people to do work and never paying them, whether it is breeding individuals to give birth to children but never give those children a name and use them as sex objects, failing to give them a name as though to say we won't even give you an identity. As long as these types of things and others, children, and, and they call it uh, 
child sex trafficking, but it's rape. It's rape for all those things, okay? And as long as they're kept in bondage under the control of someone and told you will only do, you know, you, you'll come out when I say to come out, you'll smile. And by the way, even when you, those of you that are so interested in dirty male, porno by male, and they'll show pictures of, of women yeah, or body parts, and they're writing all these provocative things. I have to throw away about 150 trashy emails every single day. It comes as spam. But here's what I've noted. I, I saw the eyes, and I realized these people are being trafficked. Because no woman really, really, willingly will pose in some of those ways uh, just to get some guy's money. She's being trafficked. So if you want to pretend that slavery does not exist in the United States of America, let's end the trafficking. Let's not pretend. Let's put an end to it. You see, that's going to be the way. But to try to act like black people were never slaves, that Jim Crow laws never existed, that sundown cities were never really here, that the Japanese weren't put into concentration camps, during the Second World War, that other people of, of <coughs> Asian eth um, ethnicity or Asian backgrounds were not um, ridiculed in, in Hollywood, um, uh, not uh, stereotyped, okay, to say that Amos and Andy um, wasn't worth watching when the two black actors took over because the white actors, they didn't want to do that particular show in blackface. To say that um, that none of these things ever existed to try to wipe it out because it's you know the, the, the Confederacy and the United States breaking away from um, from from the or the, the split I should say from the, the Confederates and, and then and then this is happening and that's happening but people were changing how they thought and and for you or I to vilify the past when that's the way they thought, tells me instead of forgiving, you simply want to wipe it out and keep your bitterness. I'm not down for that. You see, it's not the eliminating, to, to eliminate something uh, from your, from your uh, how do you say this, from the culture. It has to get out of the thinking. It has to come out of the way that we are, and you cannot legislate it, nor can you use terrorist acts to force others to buy into your beliefs. We do not stand for transgender. Now, you can say, oh, because you're a, a and, and go through your litany, which means that you don't want to hear what I have to say, because you feel that you already know, or you don't actually care. You simply want me, whoever the me is, to agree with you. I will never do that. That, to me, sounds like you are a spoiled, rotten baby, and you tried to whine and, and throw tantrums to get your way all the time you were growing up, and you got upset when somebody told you no. Well, I'm saying no. No. We will not fuel your um, need for self-destruction. 
when we in the body of Yeshua, the kingdom of God, if we agree with the homosexual, lesbian, queer, etc., etc., that agenda, if we agree with what the people that have this terrorist group called Black Lives Matter, if we agree with those things, we are agreeing to the condemnation of a whole country and we're signing on to say to hell with everybody and we're not going to do that. You see, we do what we do out of love, not politics. We do it out of the, the love that the, that the blood of Jesus has spoken. This is why we will even fight for your right. Yes, you, can, you have the right to believe what you want, but you don't have the right to change my mind any more than I have the right to change yours, you see. And one thing I'll tell you, you won't bombard me with your beliefs and try to make me, to, to win me over because Jesus has already won me. I think that you have an absence of love, which is why you can spur hate. There's an absence of love, and if we, if you don't want to let love in, now that's on a big scale with all those terrorist type of groups, Atifa, and this one and that one, or it may just be that you have been so consumed by unforgiveness and bitterness and jealousy and hatred, and, and you feel that because you feel so small, you gotta get on board with somebody that makes you feel powerful because you can destroy what somebody else has labored to build. But at the end of the day, you will find that what you have need of, you destroyed through somebody else. And you won't get what you need. And when you are of no further use to the groups that you banded together with, they will turn on you. It works that way. It always works that way. Because there is no peace and no unity in the realm of darkness. So, just want to let you know that. But we've been on a fast, and we have moved from simply fasting well, I believe it was most people were most people were doing about the same type of thing. And so we have progressed on because the Spirit of the Lord says that these assignments, these prayer assignments, are going to, uh, we continue until we finish. And therefore, um, we're living in this ministry a fasted life. A fasted life is not a life of, of perpetual starvation, okay? So, you know, somebody you might tell, well, the fast is going to continue. We're going into a fast of life. And people think, oh, my God, I'll never get to eat such and such again. And I guess I just told popcorn goodbye or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, no, that's not actually what it means at all. A fasted life is a life that has moved from one that lives for their own pleasure and moved into a place of 24-7 availability to the Spirit of the Lord. That at any given moment, if he says, I need you to put off eating that because I want you to come and pray about such and such, that you're available to do it. Not only that, but just simply put the steaks back in the refrigerator and you'll go and spend the time to pray. And God will see to it that the steak tastes, tastes even better because it got delayed for a minute. It wasn't denied. Mm -hmm. You see, a fasted life is like being in law enforcement or, or the military, ready at the drop of, uh, uh, you know, at, 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 at a call, at the, 
at the when the call comes, you respond, and you you're ready. You're able to do your part. He doesn't. It's not going to benefit God at all for you to go without nutrients or to 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 live this life and never have any fun, any enjoyment, um, so that you can't ever again have your potato salad. Um, Crystal makes really good potato salad, by the way. So she's nodding her head because she really does. I just made her happy because she's bouncing in her chair and everything. Okay, she really does. She makes some seriously good potato salad. And um, she's not being told, you can never make potato salad again, you can never eat potato salad again, you know, because you're you're living a fasted life and you like potato salad, therefore it, it just has to come off the menu. No, that's not what it is. We're living availability to God. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. And so if you need me to give this over, hey, I just baked cookies. You mean to tell me I just, see what I mean? You're caught up with the cookies. You can make more cookies while you're here, all right? But it is in that moment, I just got called to duty, and I'm going to go and do that. Mm -hmm. And it may be only, you know, it could be a 60-second thing. You don't even know. It's releasing what he wants to release at the time that he wants it done, and then carry on carry on, and always be on call. That's the fasted life. It's an enjoyment of, of, of the things of God more than the things of this world. It's an enjoyment of being a part of this powerful family called the family of God, the kingdom of God, knowing that our prayers and our actions follow through to bring about the pleasure of the king. And the pleasure of the king is always to rescue people, to heal, to save, to turn situations around, to change nations, to bring about the deliverance, and to destroy the works of the devil. So that's the type of life that we live. And so for those that are asking questions like, well, can I still eat this or can I still eat? We don't govern that. You're living a fasted life. What I would suggest to you, though, if you're sitting there thinking, well, will I still be able to have this, or will I still, that you gotta, it's not a question of will you still be able to have it, it's making sure that it doesn't have you. Mm -hmm. Come out from underneath the bondage of the thing, and then eat what you will. You see what I'm saying? Now, if what you're doing is throwing back a, a bottle of Hennessy, is that coming to bottle? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or, um, you know, having at least your know, six glasses of wine um, before you before before bed, you probably need to talk to God anyway. <laughs> okay, you seriously do. But if, if what you're talking about is trying to put that koala hold, um, like a, a koala bear is the greatest tree hugger, you're trying to put that hold on some kind of substance of this world, then you need to come use your time of prayer to give that over as a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Say, God, I'm going to let you in to this area because my reservoir is low. Mm -hmm. And there's no, there's nothing here that allows you to to minister. And so that's that's what I want to do. Okay? That, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. No questions? Um, there was a comment. Yes. Let me see. Uh, about marriage is a covenant. That was good to know. Basically, that, that thank you. That was good to know. Um, 
It's really good to know that Crystal makes good potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it so far. It's good to know. Well, not if you're not going to act up on it. Knowing that it's good, tasting it is better. So, you know, just letting you know. And I haven't eaten potato salad in a long time. But, me either. But I, two do, years, but I do recommend Crystal's. So, not putting any extra strain on it. <laughs> Okay. All right. I think I'm going to go into um, wanting to fill fill up some areas. So, are we sure there? Um, was there anything else I said I wanted to talk about? Um, okay. I wanted to. There was an article today in the Elijah. Um, Some of the some of the, the emails to the Elijah list, mm -hmm. and there was an article today that pertained to um, wisdom, and it was something that that um, the the person was just saying. I'm gonna see if I can find it here. That the Spirit of the Lord was saying that um, we're in a fierce battle for wisdom. That's what it said, and it's just coming from a man. God by the name of Anthony Medina in Cedar Hill, Texas. And so what he said was that he had an open vision. I'm not going to read the entire thing, but it's available on ElijahList.com. Um, he said, I recently had an open vision where I was witness to a boxing match. And he said, both opponents were already in the ring and engaged in a heavy-duty combat. And I could hear the announcers about saying they're throwing some real haymakers at each other. Both men in the ring had the word wisdom sewn in their boxing trunks. And he said that the vision ended with no clear winner. So he asked the Lord, and the Lord did what he does. He sent him on a journey. I'm going to go back to the topic of prayer groups too, Chris, okay? Okay. So let me remind, remind me of that. And I, I guess I am going to read this article. All right. He says, when I asked the Lord about what it was that I'd just seen, he pointed me to James 1.5 and said, start there. So go to James chapter 1, verse 5. See, these are the things I mean, like these supernatural um, hunts, okay? James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that gives to all liberally, and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. In other words, God does not condemn you for seeking wisdom. Mm -hmm. He's not going to say, you big dummy, I thought you already knew the answer to this. That's not his way, all right? That's the devil's style. So... I said, okay, Lord, I can ask for wisdom, but in the vision there were two wisdoms, and they certainly didn't like each other. I felt the need to look up the Greek word for wisdom, and he said, and I found that it is, and it is, the Greek word for wisdom, in, in that is Sophia. It means wisdom, insight, skill, human or divine intelligence. I still was not quite understanding what I saw in the vision, so I just paused and waited on him. In the waiting, you see, now, the steps to follow here, and these are similar. I'm, I'm pulling in the way we do prayer teams or the way I, I run a prayer call. Um, I don't say everybody has to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm a person that really, I'm not satisfied with the surface answer. I, I, I'm not impressed with um, the fact that somebody saw angels or demons for that matter. I'm not impressed with the fact that you had a wonderful 
um, the experience and, and, and the visitation. I think it's wonderful. I believe that, that it is so. But see, when we, anytime you have an encounter with heaven, there's always a deposit for the earth. And it's not just telling what you saw. I saw angels standing in the back of the room. And what, I'm going to press, what were they doing? Well, they were just standing there. What were they waiting for? Oh, I don't know. Well, then why don't you go find out? Because you just brought an incomplete report. So I will ask the people, because I pray over our, our eye gates and our ear gates and so forth, that everybody sees only through the door that is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We pray to protect the calls or the meetings even beforehand. Sometimes I'll do it in the hearing of people, but I'm learning, pray it regardless. So that, because um, I, I know people that are always concerned about eve, electronic eavesdropping. I'm thinking you're not protecting your phone calls. And you're also always looking for the evidence of darkness. You're not giving the darkness that proof of light. Mm. You're coming behind when you need to be ahead of. Mm -hmm. See, so I'm not impressed with all those things, and so and, and I'm not supposed to be. And don't ever be impressed with me either, because I, I'm not. We're not to. That's not it. Got it. So um, it's not a disdain. It's a saying. Hey, we have to go deeper than that. That's not enough for us. See, we're not amateurs. We're citizens. So we, there's more to be known, more to be seen, mm -hmm. more to be heard. But what if that one person doesn't get it all? That's okay. We're a team. When, when sometimes all it is is you present something and I can pull the nugget. I do this a lot. And, and I, it was awesome to me the day, uh, one day I did it, and Crystal saw what I was talking about. She said she saw the, the what did you say? Um, I saw the connection. You saw the connectors, because mm -hmm. I was talking about the connector. Mm -hmm. Pick you. Talk loud, baby. I saw the connector. You, um, when you did that pinch in the air, I just saw the thing. Um, actually, saw the pin pit, and uh, when you pinched it in, it just I just saw the picture so clearly from when we had prayed in the morning to when you did that, and I said, "Oh my God!" When you did that, this is what I saw. So I described what I saw, which was a pin and a pin head. But later on, we found out that that was they were actually. We want to use those to connect every state. Yes. So, so. connectors. Mm -hmm. That's what we do. I was praying with um, Frederick and Minister Al last night. Mm -hmm. And all Frederick kept getting was that we need each other. We need each other. Mm -hmm. And I Thank sound, uh, I, I know that it can sound a little uh, harsh if, if you have ears that want to hear it that way. But I said, okay, so what does that mean? Well, to, you know, most of you might even stand out there right now and say, duh, it means we need each other. No, that doesn't, that doesn't help me. What, what, how? How do, we, how do we answer that? How do we, because the question is not always just what does that mean, but what do you want to, what do you want to teach me? What, Lord, what, what do you, how do you want to open this up to us? Is there scripture? What, what is it that you want us to, to do? Because what I know is if you get something like that, just like I'm reading this article, we gotta press in. Mm -hmm. We have to find out more about it, and we did. And what Frederick said, it was a connector. And it opened us up to, to someone that we needed to pray for. And in the so doing, we had to first relinquish from ourselves any judgments and, 
and so forth. And that opened it up for Minister Al because he found an area where he had had um, a reservoir of offense. And so he had to start, and together, there was no condemnation, there was no anything. It was an area where it's like there's an absence of love. There's an absence of the word of God. Mm -hmm. And this is a habit that has been, we never brought, we hadn't brought these things to the spirit of the Lord in submission to have it destroyed from us. And if you can't destroy an old mindset, you see, you, 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 you change, <laughs> you, you replace a mindset, mm -hmm. okay? To change means that you get rid of, okay? If you were to change a diaper or change an article of clothing, something gets removed from place in order for something as the area gets clean, washed, whatever, and then something else is put in, in, in its stead. And an old mindset must be destroyed. The mindsets of slavery or, or self-pity and, and um, bitterness. Anybody that was listening to me earlier and, and you felt that I might be talking about you. Well, what, what are you doing with those feelings? Are you letting those feelings stir up and build up more resentment? Are they building up something in you that just says, well, fine, then I'll just never do thus and so? Because if you are, that's the very attitude within yourself that is trying to destroy you. And instead, it would be wiser to give it to God and let it be destroyed from you to let him to give it make a trade with him i'm going to mm -hmm. give you this would you give me more of you in this place would you teach me how to think about church people and mm -hmm. take them out of quotations um would you teach me how to re to to hear from your point of view so that i'm not constantly getting it in, in battle in, in my flesh, if you're easily offended, it's a sin. Now, if you start calling it sin instead of just, well, I guess I might have been offended, you're in sin. Mm -hmm. So why not get rid of the place in you where sin can so easily come? That's that's kind of the suggestion. All right, so let me go, go on. Um, he said, um, as I researched the words, uh, Sophia, I found a photo of the statue that I saw. So he had seen a statue of the spirit of the Lord. Can you pull that closer? The mic. The spirit of the Lord. Guys, stop being so fussy. Okay. There we go. Because I'm talking as loud. Alright, anyway. He showed me a statue of a female with the name Sophia etched into the platform that she was standing on. And he was he was asking the Lord this, okay? And he says, as I researched it some, I found a photo of the statue that I saw. So this to me is amazing that he's going to the Lord. He's asking him. He pushed past just going, okay, um, so, so Sophia, it means wisdom. So what is it that you're trying to say? And the Spirit of the Lord showed him a statue. And not only did he show him a statue, but, but he looked it up and he saw, he saw one. You see what I mean? Because he's pushing and he's waiting. He's pushing and he's waiting. And so when he saw it, it was taken at an archaeological site in Ephesus, which is in Turkey. And it turns out the statue of Sophia, or wisdom, is from Gnosticism. Okay. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Okay. 
Let him ask of God that gives to all liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So mankind took a statue. They took the word wisdom. They created a statue. And the statue is the emblem, the symbol of wisdom to them. They took, they took and they decided we're going to create our symbol of wisdom. We're going to create our idea of knowledge and so forth. And we're going, this is what we're going to base as our source of all wisdom. You have a question for me? Yes. Um, someone wants to know what is Gnosticism? We're going to get to it too. Okay. Good. We're going to get to it. Now you spell it G-N-O-S-T-I-C-I-S-M. Okay. So they believe that she was comparable to the soul and also an emanation of Monad. Monad was one of the names for the supreme being of Gnosticism. Gnostics also believe that Sophia was the bride. with me so far? Let me get this up here too. Now, hold on, if you want to go into this. And that's also, for you, a good little research. It, it's, it's about a, a knowledge of life without God, um, or without the, the God that we know. Um, it is um, an embracing of a, a Greek mindset um, that worship, that their, even their worship, let me see if I can give you the, the difficult one to consider. Let's see if I can find what I want for it. And so, in fact, in the time that Paul and them were, were doing the things that they did, um, this was one of the, the beliefs this was one of the, the type of um, teachings that were going on that um, was at war, if you will. It was at war with, um, with, with Paul's teachings. And they would go into places like F F Ephesus where they wanted to be wise in their own eyes. And they wanted to, to have all of their... Um, All of their so-called truths, if you will, that um, were contrary. Hold on, I've got too many things going on here. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I'll just read you this one. They were a sect of philosophers that arose in the first ages of Christianity who pretended they were the only men who had a true knowledge of the Christian religion. They formed for themselves a system of theology that was agreeable to, ready, the philosophy of Pythagoras and Plato, to which they accommodated their interpretations of scripture. They held that all natures, intelligible, intellectual, and material, are derived by successive emanations 
from the infinite fountain of deity. As soon as you get all lofty like that, you know you're on a scam. <laughs> In other words, what they were saying is that deity is an infinite fountain that you can drink from. And just as, as things that Plato has said or, or based on these beliefs and these types of worship, um, we can give ourselves to it. it. It was a very dangerous thing because what they believed was we can be Christian, but we can also be these other things. And we can buy into the, the, the parts of Christianity that we want, but uh, because it was a real big thing for them in Ephesus to, to have this other freedom of worship when Christianity came in and there were still all of these commands for the people, the Romans saying, you, you live here or you can't live there. You had to worship the temple gods and you mm -hmm. had to, in order to even be in some of the jobs, the union type of job, you had to also worship the temple gods. And Gnosticism was supposed to be a safe way to still claim to be a Christian, but you had comp it, it opened the way to compromise in everything else because you were wiser than everybody else. You had this elite Christian way of being able to do the Christian life, but you could do it and still fit in with everybody else. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. okay. So there's a lot more to it, um, but but it's because it comes from the Greek word that gnosko or gnosticus to know. It means to know. So they were basing their wisdom on uh, and they're not on, on things that they. You could say it this way. Oh, I know that the Bible says to do it that way, but you don't have to do it like that. This is going to be better. I know what works. You know that's the Bible, but this is what works here. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. It's very dangerous. We've done it for years. You know, we we have done it for years, thinking that we have a superior intellect to the giver of intellect. And that just has to be stupid. It's, it, it, Satan did that. And that's why he's in the dilemma he's in, and God has never been knocked off of his throne. Mm -hmm. right. So, does that help? Alright. So he says, alright Lord, and, and he went on and um, asked for, for that, for the wisdom, or asked him to show. So there he is, he sees this, this statue of Sophia, and um, and he goes and he and he looks at that, and he said, uh, Monad was one of the names that they used for the supreme being of not see the supreme being of Gnosticism, as opposed to creator possessor of heaven and the earth. There was room in Gnosticism for other gods, but not in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Okay, and as I learned all this information pertaining to what the Lord had shown me, I asked what it, what it all meant. And he said, there's a fierce battle in the spirit pertaining to the dispensing of wisdom on the earth for what to do and how to proceed in many things. One wisdom is kingdom wisdom, rooted and grounded in the knowledge of God. The other is a false, Gnostic, distorted wisdom mm -hmm. that is looking to lead people into confusion and wrong decision making. Mm -hmm. Then, regarding my vision about the two fighters, he said the haymakers that they were throwing at each other is important. Haymaker is a punch in which the arm is whipped sideways from the shoulder joint with minimal elbow bend. The name is derived from the motion which mimics the action of manually cutting hay by swinging a scythe. He then highlighted to me a scythe. A scythe is similar to a sickle, 
but it has a longer, straighter blade and a longer handle. I then heard the Lord say, when the fields are white with harvest, you throw in your sickle to reap the harvest, but the grim reaper only reaps a harvest of death. Sure enough, the tool that the grim reaper carries in all of its depictions is what? A scythe. With me so far. And again, you can go to ElijahList.com. This is from Anthony Medina, and it was dated today. They, they give these out. Um, there's typically one to two or more prophetic words a day. But this one, Dr. Baker had seen this, and she called it to my attention. And so um, so there I, I got it, okay? And I, I felt it, it, it just fits in tonight, I think. Mm -hmm. All right. So. Now, the sickle versus the scythe is a battle for wisdom that leads to harvest. And I think that this is important for us because what we're talking about, if I have the ability to irk you, um, to, to, to get you upset over speaking about jealousy or speaking about this, and you take your, find yourself taking offense or arguing with me when I can't hear you, um, you're not arguing with me. That spirit that wants to keep hold on you is arguing with God and is expecting to win. And you're the prize, you see. So it's, 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 these are the indicators that there's a, a wrong spirit when, when the truth cannot be accepted as the truth and instead has to be somebody else's wrong impression of you. It's not even about you, except that it is. You see, the truth is spoken to set you free. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus said. You will know the truth and the truth that you know, but you allow yourself to come to know, to become intimate with, to kiss. Or you can know as a Gnostic and say, no, that doesn't fit, and you can bypass it. Or you can come to the intimate knowledge that will save your soul, you save your mind, your will and emotions, will lead you to thinking the way that Jesus thinks because you'll be able to get rid of a whole wrong mindset, mm -hmm. a thing that is keeping you broke or alone or uh, needy or whatever it is. Sorry that, what is the other one? Feeling sorry for Feeling yourself. Feeling sorry for yourself mm -hmm. and always blaming everybody else for your problems mm -hmm. because you're, you're really actually quite wonderful. Mm -hmm. But... Victim mentality. Right? Yes, a victim mentality. Chris is on a roll tonight. Or victim mentality. It, it's, it's all of these things. Mm -hmm. Wherever your place is of offense, that's an area of a wound. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, those little carnivores, and uh, not carnivores in this case, uh, little predators, little parasites, little you know, little, little things like that, they're enjoying the maggots are having a day of it in those areas of, of our thinking where we allow death to, to have precedence when we could have life. That's that's really what it is. It's being sober-minded and being willing to be free. Mm -hmm. It's not just being changed, it's being willing to be free. Not just talk about freedom, but to be free. And here we are at the 1st of, of July, Happy Canada Day, um, and 4th of July is coming, so we're talking about independence and, and differences and, and freedom. True freedom is defined by God and purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. And you can live in an area where, where great oppression wants to increase. 
and your very freedom will deny oppression and depression and all of those other kinds of pressures of, of the dark, they will have to give way because freedom allows your light to come forward as well, okay? So let me go on because I, I, I have one more thing to do and I'm running out of time. All right. <laughs> I then heard the Lord say as if he were yelling, it's a battle for wisdom that leads to harvest. It is a life versus death battle. One is wisdom that leads to life and a harvest of souls and full kingdom movement. The other is a wisdom that leads to death because it is not rooted in the God of the universe. That wisdom leads to a death and a harvest as well. As I heard all of this, I went back into the vision. That's another thing. See, he went back in to see now what he didn't see the first time. And, um, and But now I was able to identify which fighter was which. Godly wisdom was in gold trunks with the word wisdom in red. Gnostic or demonic wisdom was in all black. Even the word wisdom was in black. There was also now an audience in the building, but instead of sitting and watching the bout, they were all on their knees. Then the Lord said, it is the praying remnant. They are doing what they're supposed to, but some are weary. I then saw the cornered crew of godly wisdom come and begin to work on those in the stands that were growing weak in their intercession. They were given fresh water. Their wounds were cared for, and words of life were spoken over them. As they were revived by the corner crew, the tone and momentum of the bout shifted to the favor of godly wisdom, in the favor. Then the Lord said, tell them that what they are doing is causing the sickle to swing and not the sight. It's causing the sickle to swing and not the sight. The intercessors, you're causing the harvest, that God, so the godly harvest, will send the sickle and reap. You're reaping that harvest as you're praying, as we stay focused on what God says, as we change the things in our own thinking from world wisdom to kingdom mm -hmm. wisdom. Then we are causing the sickle to, to, do, to be able to swing and not the sight. It's stopping death. It's preventing the reaper of death from being able to swing and get the harvest that he wants. He's not able to do it. Mm -hmm. Their intercession has turned the momentum of the bout and the sickle is beginning to swing and the white harvest will finally be brought into the storehouse of the Lord. And that's that word. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, these last minutes, I'm I want to start filling a reservoir. All right. And this is what we're, what we're talking about is that even you can see that the supernatural he had a vision he asked the Lord he got the word the scripture he followed the instructions he went to the scripture he read the scripture and he's like okay I don't know what you want to, I don't know what it means not because he never read it but when the Lord highlights something mm -hmm. then be ready to learn because you don't actually know what it means mm -hmm. and so he asked and the Spirit of the Lord highlighted that one word he looked it up and he's like okay now what he sees in his spirit a statue he goes hunting he finds it and he's like wow okay so what are you saying to me and as the Lord started to unveil he went back into the vision with the knowledge that he had because the Bible interprets the picture that you see and the words that came from God showed him interpreted God's dream God's message to him and he wrote it down and sent it to us. So there's all kinds of elements that we can explore 
And that's what I'm saying I do with my, with my prayer teams, and I expect them to do with me, is that we're saying, well, what do you see? And what is it doing? Let's press into this. Uh, let's press in some more. Um, because we want to find out. We're asking the whole, press in means pray in tongues and ask the Holy Spirit. Keep praying in tongues and be prepared to do what he tells you, whether it's look something up or whatever, or wait for the picture to form. And it's and it means to stop making it about yourself and talking about, well, I've never done this before, or whatever other kind of stupid things it is. And I can say that there's a whole team of people that are laughing because they tried that with me and it doesn't work. We will be relentless about seeing to it that the truth of the gospel and the truth of the kingdom is released into the earth so that people are free. Okay. Mm -hmm. So do I have any more questions before I go into this? Uh, mm -mm. Oh, yes. This is very helpful. This is a very helpful lesson. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So let's fill up some places. Okay. Um, Dr. Baker has, um, and I have to admit, I have not been very good about it, and this is what I mean. Um, I'm learning to just make myself sit and spend some time in just speaking the word, going to the Bible and reading it aloud. doesn't matter if you can quote it. What matters is that we refresh our eyes with it. And we hear it again. So Ephesians 1, 17-23 is that we keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. There it is. Or the, uh, the demonic. All right. So that we may know him better. We pray that the eyes of our hearts, I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we, we may know the hope to which he's called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And I speak that into the areas where we're lacking wisdom, where we have not walked in the, uh, the freedom and the opportunities and the abilities uh, of God, that this is what um, starts to, to create a hunger in us to, to walk in. I say that according to, let me see, I'm going to this one. We pray this, we say, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I speak that you, me, we are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power, in whom also we are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. We are buried with him in baptism, wherein also we are risen with through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised Jesus from the dead. And we, being dead in our sins, 
and the uncircumcision of our flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven us of all trespasses. You are forgiven, and he has blotted out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, mm -hmm. triumphing over them in it. For we are determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. As he was Paul, as, as he was with us in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and his speech, he said, in my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so we release that in order that your belief should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of Elohim. Mm -hmm. And we speak that over us all. And then I say that you will not stagger, stumble, or become separated from the promises of God with unbelief. You are not weak in faith. You do not consider your own body or symptoms that try to insurrect themselves within you. You declare in the name of Jesus that all, I declare in the name of Jesus that all symptoms of sickness, disease, blindness and every other kind of physical ailment are trespassing against your body and I command those things to leave your bodies now Thank in the Lord. name of Jesus against hope you believe in hope uh, we grow strong in faith as you give God God the praise and the glory you are fully persuaded that what God has promised you God is also able to perform for you and promised and we thank you Father for your word that accomplishes what you please in the spirit, soul, body, and life of every man, woman, boy, and girl that is willing to take your truth as their own. And so we boldly confess healing prospers in each person's body. Miracles, supernatural works and wonders are performed on their behalf. And I thank you that the good work that you have performed in, in, in our eyes to see, in our ears to hear, in our hearts to receive. We thank you for the miraculous release of, of those things done on our behalf. You said, so shall your word be that goes forth out of your mouth. It shall not return unto you um, unfulfilled, but it shall accomplish that which you please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. And I say that we, your people, are willing vessels to allow your word to fill those parts of us that have been empty or thirsting after a need to hear from you that this is the word of the Lord to you be confident of this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform until the day of Jesus Christ you will remember that the Lord is not that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but God is long-suffering to us word not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance and so you shall come to a change of thinking. You Thank shall you. come to a change of mind. You shall Thank be you. rid of that which has held you as a barnacle, kept you chained to an old way of life and, and an old way of emotional uh, leading. And in this time, that the blood of Jesus severs your connection with the things of the past and the ways of old, and you will enter into the marvelous light and the life of a Christian, of a kingdom citizen, throwing away the habits of Christianity that were religious in content, but had nothing to do with the life that is yours in Christ Jesus. And you will take firm hold of the destiny that has been given to you, extended toward you. You will take and step into the fullness 
of what you have been called to be. And in the fulfillment of that, many lives around you will be changed. Your atmosphere will change and you will be changed. This I decree, declare, and release this night in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. I got lots more. <laughs> yes. Do you pray that over us often? What? I said, do you pray that over us as the... Not as much as I should, but these are the prayers. These are the prayers. Okay. Yes. Nice. I like that. These are the prayers I pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll do them more regularly. You, you have my full permission to say, did you pray that for us today? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need it. Okay. Thank I, you. I can do that. Any last, last call for questions? And I'll, I'll testify this too. You can sit in the chair and be sweating at the storm, but as soon as you put the word of God into action, as soon as we start calling on the word, something happens. Mm -hmm. You see, as soon as light gets a chance to shine, it just it shines everywhere. Brightly. And darkness has to go. Mm -hmm. All right, because I, I'm I'm here to tell you that that's what I'm personally experiencing. It's not just me saying I'm healed. It's me healed. Okay. Mm -hmm. No questions? All right. Okay. Um, what else, Lord? Do I have anything else? No? Okay. Well, you can get ready. This is my personal prayer book. That's, I told you all about this a long time ago. You can make your own. So, <laughs> it, it, this is just a uh, my decrees and declarations. I am healed, restored, debt free, prosperous, and made whole. So it's my personal prayer and intercession book. Yes. Thank you for praying it over us. You're welcome. That's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And this is just something I've shown this to you all before. I've had it for a lot of years. All right. So it has the scriptures themselves on one side, and it has me personalizing it. And as I said, it's it's a personal prayer and intercession so these are um, this is just something that I I do I have possibly one more this is the ministry in the heavenlies um, yeah this, this is a kind of an extension of um, Ephesians I'm going to end with this so those of you that are getting ready to sow your seeds your tithe your offerings and your gifts all of that kind of fun stuff. You can go ahead and get ready. They'll put that information up. But I want I want to give you this. this is, um, we were went through a training a couple of years ago with Reverend Karen um, Bauman. Mm -hmm. And um, she took us through a book written by Dr. Billy Brim called How You Can Pray in the End of Days, mm -hmm. which is worth looking at again. And so pages 151 through 155, I think it was, there were some prayers there. I took this one and modified it. Um, along with um, John McMillan's prayer from the book, The Authority of the Believer, which is also quite an interesting book to read, page 27 of that. And so these are those things, let me go quick. This is what I call my ministry in the heavenlies prayer. And it, it's, it's the kind of thing when I take this seat, for instance, I, I, I'm by faith I'm also in my seat in heaven. And um, he said, uh, in 1895, as interim successor to Charles Spurgeon, A.T. Pearson taught obedience to him, to God, means command over others. In proportion as we are subject to him, 
even the demons are subject to us in his name. In the proportion that we are in submission or subject to God, the demons are subject to us. Now, I think that's a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. So if you're having problems with demons obeying you, you better check your own obedience to God. You know, okay. I choose to exercise my faith and obedience to the glory of God. And John McMillan's prayer was, Lord, I accept your gracious word. I believe that you have thus, have thus wrought for me. In humble faith, I do now take my seat in the heaven places, in Christ Jesus at your right hand. Teach me how to fulfill the sacred ministry, how to exercise the authority which you have entrusted to me. Train me day by day that I may attain to the full stature of the perfect man in Christ, so that in me your purpose of the ages may be fulfilled. Amen. So here's my prayer. I give praise to you, the God of my Lord Yeshua, the Messiah. You, my glorious Father, I praise you, praise you, praise you. And I delight to do your will, oh my God. Your law is imprinted within my heart. Let those words become my passion to please you. I continually give thanks to you for the people that you have placed into my life and ministry. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for my life and the plans, purposes, and pursuits of destiny that you have written about me. I delight, move, and seek to do your will. I ask that you give me and them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge and knowing of Yeshua. Let the eyes of my and our understanding be enlightened that I and we may know what is the hope of Yeshua's calling, the riches of the glory of Yeshua's inheritance in us, the saints and the exceeding greatness of your dunamis, your power, your miracle-working power to us who trust and believe Yeshua, according to your mighty power which you wrought, exercised, demonstrated, and displayed in Yeshua Messiah, the Anointed One, when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenlies, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age and world, but also in that which is to come. You have put all under Yeshua's feet and gave him to be the head over all his body, the ecclesia. We are the fullness of Yeshua that fills all in all. My God, you are rich in mercy because of your great love with which you love us. Even when we were dead in our sins, slain by our trespasses and sins, you made us alive with Christ. You saved us by grace, raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. You have made us bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. When you quickened him, you quickened us. When you raised him, you raised us. When you seated him, you seated us in him. I believe that we are seated far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named. And I have received abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Therefore, I now and so do we reign as kings in our life by the one and only Jesus Christ. As written in Romans 5:17. I ask that our, my soul, our souls, be filled with dunamis because I believe your resurrection power will make our souls excellent. For this reason, we bow our knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, <coughs> excuse me, heaven and earth is named, that he would grant us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, 
may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, to you, the one who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To you we attribute glory in the ecclesia by Jesus, by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. So there's more, but I'm going to have to leave it at that. We've got one minute. So I want to say thank you so much for joining us tonight. And um, I thank you for sticking with it, being a blessing, and making your changes. All right? That's what we do. So we'll see you Sunday, 9.45 and 11.45 at <coughs> trade some, And we'll see you uh, from the pink seat in another week. God bless you.